minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Uh, we're missing another guy. This time, Trev's with us. Trevor Josser. Trev, how are you, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. I'm doing okay. Just uh, got out of a 10, 11-hour car ride to uh, venture back to Wichita, Ooh. Kansas from the great state of Wisconsin. Wichita. Um, this might be the first ever show on Pack-A-Day where the hosts are not in the state of Wisconsin. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Without Steve, without Steve here, he, he's the lone one of the group. So Yeah, he's our link since you moved. Uh-huh. You're in you're in Kansas and I'm in Alabama now. Steve gave us a text. We usually tape at uh, nine central, nine oh nine. Steve chimes in. You guys, we're gonna have to put like the theme to mash behind this. You guys, <laughs> you guys are gonna have to go on without me. I was out shoveling, slipped on some ice, bad pain, might be going to ER. Sorry. First of all, Steve, get better. Mm, uh, don't apologize. No, in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean. You know, maybe wear some more sensible footwear when you're out there. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, like that's like it's always in the winter when I realize like I'm getting old. Where like I can't lift something up, or the, wow, this snow's really heavy. Obviously, it doesn't snow much in Alabama, but like you're moving mm. stuff around, and I noticed it when I was like pulling stuff down off out of the the. The, the overhead space in the garage and i'm lifting all these boxes I'm like wow these boxes really got a lot heavier in a year <laughs> it was like you know it's a brush with more Im- with more mortality not immortality obviously but they get heavier every year but it's not but you know like 10 years ago like if i'm and i don't know how old you are but i you're a little younger than i am like when i was your age i would have been like <laughs> what an idiot like he fell but now it's just <laughs> like that could happen to me like that's gonna be me like I wouldn't even say two years from now. That could still be me before the winter is over. I could be out there yeah, shoveling I, and just land on my keister and, you know, have to get wheeled off someplace. Yeah, I'm not going to laugh at anybody's misfortune. I don't know if I said this on the last show, but I, I hit a, I hit a deer a couple, oh my last, about a month ago. I still don't have my car back. That's how much damage was in it. So I'll be getting that back hopefully shortly here. But um, that, that did not end well. So, um How'd Hoping you- for a better start to the new year for, for us and for Steve and for all of you listening out there. How did you get back to Kansas without, without a car? Did you? I mean, uh, you had a car, just not your car. Yes, my girlfriend's car. Oh, okay. I put the miles on her car. Oh, Do you guys travel? Do you guys do in each other's uh, parents' house for Christmas? And be- Yep, yep. And it's two hours apart back in Wisconsin. We go Kenosha to Appleton, and then we were doing a couple back and forth, too, to try to see all the extended family, so... That was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're driving from Kansas, I mean, what's two hours at that point? Right? Yeah, exactly. That was nothing. Yeah. Uh, some other guys who are, are driving a little bit, maybe changing addresses. Uh, eight head coaches. Uh, now it's eight uh, with Adam Gase and Vance Joseph. Uh, Steve Wilkes fired one and done. We got a lot of folks uh, that will be uh, refiling different W-2s this year. And mm-hmm. Trevor, what I thought we'd do is just kind of go through each guy one by one. And let's just ask the question. Would this head coach have a better run in Green Bay starting next year than they had at their previous destination? And some of these are going to be quick. And Mm -hmm. and then some of these I think will really break down and kick around a little bit. So I will start. We'll start in the AFC with Hugh Jackson, uh, who went 0-16 last year, did not get fired. And... Managed to uh, get fired for infighting. 
with offense mm-hmm. coordinator Todd Haley. So he gone. He was convinced he didn't have enough talent uh, on the roster currently to win. And then he leaves, and the Baker Mayfield catches fire, and they almost knock Baltimore out of the playoffs. Uh, I think we. This is a pretty short one. I don't think Hugh Jackson would be a realistic candidate. I don't. I really, I don't think this is a guy that should be coaching in the NFL. At least when I say that, I mean like coordinator spot on up. If he wants to like do uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, I think that's fine. I don't think we need to see any more out of this guy uh, from a coordinator head coaching spot going forward. Yeah, I'm not. I was never one to think anyway that the head coach had that big of an impact on an NFL team as opposed to maybe a basketball coach. But, I mean, yeah, the Browns got a lot better this year, but he, just, he was just so bad with them. And right. then as soon as they left, as, I mean, as soon as he left, excuse me, it was just like a spark. And maybe it was just a mental thing that, you know, you know, a fire was lit inside everyone. But, yeah. no, it, it, it you saw an immediate, or immediate, I guess, spark within the Browns team that, that you just didn't see with him. So I agree with you. I don't think maybe take a couple of years off, coach head being a head coach, work your way up again, maybe get some of your credibility back, um, build that reputation, and then maybe take another stab at it. But um, if we're going to relate him to the Packers, I think that'd just be a step in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think that's a hard pass. And I think there was a galvanizing effect in, in Cleveland after he left. And also, I think if we can you know, turn this to New York real quick, uh, to the Jets, who fired Todd Bowles uh, after four seasons there. I think there was a galvanizing effect uh, with the players while he was still there, trying to finish strong. Uh, obviously, Sam Darnold uh, had some injuries in the middle of the season. Uh, I think he did a really good job uh, for what he had to work with, the roster that he had, the quarterback. He, this guy started Josh McCown last year. Mm-hmm. And you look at Green Bay, you look at the problems they've had on the defensive side of the ball I mean, with Petten this year and the Dom Capers year before. I think this is a guy that could stand to be brought in. I would say, like, uh, I would give him the the Josh Zirkle Packaday check mark uh, for calling him to get an interview in. I think this guy could help on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but also has that sort of uh, nebulous leader of men quality uh, that a lot of organizations are looking for, and I think the Packers uh, would fall in line with that as well. What do you think? And he's been at the Jets his whole career, right? Or was he was he somewhere else before the Jets? He was in Arizona. He was, I think, he was their defensive coordinator before he went to the Jets. But as a head coach, he's only been with the Jets. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it says he's a, he's got twenty six and forty one record, and for as long as I can remember, for at least recent memory, the Jets have been consistently just bad. And um, but that I don't. Their their talent level is just it doesn't seem to be improving. And now they kind of got this new quarterback, Sam Darnold who is supposed to be the face of the franchise, supposed to be the next guy that turns the franchise around, and now we don't even get to see him work with him. So it's like it was kind of an unfair situation, in my opinion, where he had bad talent, bad talent, bad talent, had bad records, bad records, bad records, and now he gets some some young pieces. Jamal Adams is outstanding. Yes. Donald should be decent, and he won't even really get to see those players in his prime. So it's hard to say, you know, he could, if he goes into a situation like Green Bay and you have Aaron Rodgers, who is a veteran leader with great, with experience and obviously a lot of talent, who knows what he could do because I don't think he's ever had that before. So um, I think that's just a big wild card for me. Um, do you call, again, him, do you call him for an interview? Yes or no? I would. I, I, I would, I don't, I don't know what the process is or how time consuming getting interviews are for head coaching positions, but um 
if I would try and test a whole bunch of people out and see who, who sticks and who fits. Yeah, I think there are a number of factors there, but I would love to see him. And, and don't forget, he went, he did go 10 and 6 his first year. Had a lot of success yeah. uh, right away. Uh, a guy who did not have success, <clears throat> pardon me, right away, Vance Joseph in Denver. Uh, he has gone after two seasons. Uh, also, quarterback issues. Uh, also, potentially roster issues. You know, John Elway, you know, take a step back and talk about the Broncos for a second. I thought hit a home run when he bought, brought Peyton Manning in. And I mm-hmm. think he may have bombed uh, every single uh, decision he has made after that, whether it was the coaching, uh, whether it's the, the draft with Paxton Lynch. And now he's going to not only find a new head coach, but he's got to go find a new quarterback too. Yep. And I'm sitting here shaking my head, wondering if he's the right guy to do that for the job. So I look at the two years of Vance Joseph in that sort of lens – uh, but at the same time, I think I don't think he was a great hire to begin with. I don't think he brought a particular strength uh, to that team. I think it's always going to be John Elway's show. Uh, Vance Joseph would be a no for me. Pretty strong no, I think. See, again, I look at it as this was something John Elway created. Like you said, he he took a risk with Peyton Manning and ended up working out. But I Peyton Manning was definitely tailing off at the end of it. He yes. wasn't his normal self. And that defense is the reason they won that Super Bowl. It was one of the better defenses we've seen in recent memory. So yes. um, then they went out and and it just kept, they look. It seemed like they were experimenting at quarterback. You had Simeon, you had Paxton Lynch. You have um, who, who's your quarterback? Is Case, Case Keenum, Keenum right now? Keenum right yeah, now, Case yeah. Keenum. So again, that that was kind of a, a strikeout there. Um, but again, it's just hard to tell because you, you're looking at two different. I'm looking at the quarterback. I'm looking at a coach that who can come in and work with Rodgers. I know we talked last show is like this Rodgers should not have a say in this. Rodgers should step out and yep. this shouldn't be about Rodgers. It should be about the team. But um, I mean, Rodgers is still Rodgers. You got to find someone that can work with him and I guess not even not be intimidated by him. So again, I don't, I don't know. Um, it'd be worth looking at for me, but I think there's many other candidates out there. And if, if we had to choose, if it was a coin flip for me, I, I'd just probably just go no with, with Vance Joseph. So yeah. I wouldn't have to flip a coin. I think I'd be an emphatic yeah. no. Uh, let's do a couple more. Uh, a couple more in the AFC. Marvin Lewis, uh, a big one after 16 years in Cincinnati. And, and this is a guy I, I definitely think the Packers should bring in. When you look at what Marvin Lewis faced when he first walked in the door at Cincinnati, uh, when they were still playing in – uh, Riverfront Stadium, if I have that correct, uh, compared to where they are now. I, look at the pack. It's, it's another team. I mean, it's almost like a, a, a parallel Green Bay. You know, cold weather, open-air stadium. Don't spend a lot of money on free agents. Tried to build through the draft. Uh, obviously, the Bengals took flyers on some some more questionable guys in terms of character. Um, but, you know, a, a guy who managed to make it work had uh, strong assistance. You know, had assistance going. Obviously, Hugh Jackson there, but Mike Zimmer uh, still head coach in uh, in in Minnesota. Uh, a guy that I think can get it done, and I think a defensive minded candidate is not something you should rule out. And, and we might agree to disagree on that with in terms of Aaron Rodgers. But I love Marmon Lewis. I love what he did, especially with what he had to work with. And you could say, well, he never had any playoff with uh, play, any playoff wins. 
The Bengals weren't getting to the playoffs before he got there. Mm-hmm. The Bengals will not be 500 again mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Mike Brown's lifetime because he's not interested in making the team competitive. He's not interested in spending money. And I think with what he had to work with there, he did an amazing job. I would love to see him get an interview in Green Bay. See, yeah, and I know this, what I'm about to say doesn't really, it shouldn't really matter, but I'm worried about if we bring in Marvin Lewis, what the fan base is going to see, because a lot of people are very short-sighted and they're going to say, well, he never won a playoff game. He never won a playoff game. We're, you know, we're the Packers. We need to be someone who can take us to the Super Bowl. It's not a splash Deep run in the playoffs every year, but Marvin Lewis was a coach for, what, 16 seasons for a reason. He did what he needed to do. He did his job. Um, His talent was, you know, fluctuated. Um, you know, when he had talent, he brought him to the playoffs. And even when he didn't ta- have talent, they were always competitive. I thought this these last couple of years with just looking at the Bengals roster that they weren't going, they were going to be bottom of the league. And yeah, they weren't, they haven't done so hot, but I mean, they're still there. They're still a tough team to beat. And I'm just curious as to why after all these years, was he let go? I mean, people talked about it last year. Why not last year? Why not? You know, he, he can't win a playoff game, but I think there's a reason the Bengals, kept him around for so long, and yep. I think it was just time to move on. Um, maybe other coaches being moved, let go around, set off a chain reaction where they just, you know, finally pulled the trigger on it. But I'd be okay with bringing him in, and, um, you know, as long – I just worry that the fan base reaction could put added pressure on him if he were to get the job, and that could affect him. But he he's a veteran. He knows – he has experience. I don't think it would. So, again, worth a shot to me, it, especially if we're looking at this group that have gotten fired. I think he might be, you know, one or two that you look at. Yeah, I, he would not be a splash hire in that sense, too. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got uh, – last couple of years, he was coaching on two-year deals, deals one-year deals. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they were still competitive. They had a great start this year, obviously did not finish uh, mm-hmm. strong. That still has size in the Cincinnati area, so that's more of a, uh, a what-if potentially. Uh, it, Miami, I think you're pretty high on this guy. Adam Gase finally getting let go. Uh, a lot of turmoil there, I think, from the front office on down. You know, Stephen Ross, probably a guy that's, uh, it's fair to say, not very savvy in terms of football. So, leaning on his front office a little bit. Uh, you're probably changing to quarterbacks now with Ryan Tannehill coming up with a big cap number. I think it's $27 million for 2019. Uh, Ryan Tannehill will likely not be back. And really, wasn't that Gase's whole job was to get Ryan Tannehill uh, battle ready to be competitive in that. Uh, granted, a very tough division in the AFC East. Uh, <laughs> did, did not get it done in Miami. Do you think Adam Gase can get it done in Green Bay? That's a good question. I think I, I just think it's interesting too. I just before we were talking pre-show, I saw a report and I, I just was like took back for a second because I didn't see the date, but that the Dolphins announced that they were going to fire Mike Tannenbaum and keep Gase. And then, obviously, that's not yeah, the case year. anymore. He was let go. Um, but I, it's funny because the Dolphins were that team in the East that would should have challenged the Patriots each and every year. And the Patriots yep. just have a, an easy walk every year to a, champ, or a division title. And Because Bills aren't going to do it. The Jets aren't going to do it. No. They've been consistently bad, except maybe the Bills last year. But the Dolphins always seem to be – eight and eight, seven and nine, just hovering around mediocrity and unable to take that next step. And I think you're right. I think Gase was supposed to be the guy that really got Tannehill going. They've had him for a while now, and they're just looking for him to take that next leap and propel them into the playoffs. And 
I don't know if there was internal stuff where they just didn't see that happening. They, you know, didn't want to give it more time. But um, I see a lot of rumors, too, about maybe him going to the Lions to take Jim Bob Cooter's spot, which I think would be a really good fit for them. Um, So if I'm the Packers, I at least entertain him and get him in and and see what his intentions are and maybe talk to him a little bit more. Um, I think he could be a good fit. Um, Again, depending on how he can mesh with with the offense, but – he, he, for me, is up there on this list, too, um, maybe right behind Marvin Lewis. So he gets a phone call. Adam Gase is I, up. Yeah, I, I, I give him a phone call at least. Okay. Yeah, I think I do, too. I think he is, you know, when he got to Miami, he was the shiny, uh, whiz-bang offensive guru, which is kind of what the Packers, I think, are looking for now. Uh, I think I, so, too. I think, yeah, he's got a little rust on him, but now he's got more experience, too. So I, I do think, think he would. I do think he'd be a better fit with the Browns, though. Yeah, I agree. You know, Browns, Detroit also. I think those yeah. are those are both great spots. I'd love to see Baker Mayfield uh, find someone uh, of that ilk as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move to the NFC. Uh, Steve Wilkes, obviously, one and done. Uh, there's a lot to be said about that situation. I, I, I think it's ridiculous to hire a guy, not let him bring in his own offensive coordinator, uh, to straddle him with Sam Bradford, which I think was probably the worst offseason signing of the year uh, and then be surprised when nothing works out. And then you bring in Byron Leftwich, uh, and that thing was a, a bleep show from jump street. And I don't think it's his fault, but at the same time, I'm not sure what he would have been able to do under that structure. Terrible GM, uh, very young quarterback, uh, a, a damaged roster in spots. Obviously you have David Johnson. Uh, you had a 98 year old Larry Fitzgerald. He's not going to be there next year. Uh, not that that matters. Uh, an aging defense, uh, which had been getting rated in free agency over the years. Uh, so, again, I don't think Steve Wilkes had a lot to work with in Arizona. I think he would do better in Green Bay if he was in a situation like that, let's say. Uh, but, again, this is a guy that had one-year experience as a coordinator in Carolina. Uh, it is likely he will go back there uh, and get that same job. What do you think of Steve Wilkes as being a candidate in an environment like Green Bay, I think he's a no for me. I would guess he's a no for you. But he, would he, he, he do better I, in that environment? No, I don't think so. I think a lot the theme we've been talking about is bringing in someone who's offensive-minded. Um, the Cardinals were last in almost every offensive category this year. He was a de- defensive assistant before being hired. Um, I think you got to bring in someone that whose, I guess, strength and specialty is the offense because, to me, that's where we're most talented right now. And that's where I think you can get the most out of this team moving forward, especially as Rogers' career dwindles down. So um, it may be unfair for him, the situation he has put in, but that that's just the way it goes. And I I just look past him. Yeah, I think he's enough for me too. Uh, another one in the NFC, another offensive mind uh, here, Trev, who is uh, you know not exactly uh, as shiny and new as he was when he took the job. Remember, Dirk Cutter was was getting it mm-hmm. done with Matt Ryan in uh, in Atlanta. Uh, went to uh, Lovey Lovey Smith's staff ten times real fast uh, in Tampa Bay, and then Lovey got ousted to elevate Dirk to the head coaching job uh, because of his relationship uh, to Jameis Winston, among other things. Uh, we didn't see him get it done there. Jameis Winston, I think, still very much a project. You know, he's only 24 years old, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of progress. I haven't seen a lot of growth. Still seeing a lot of bad decisions, not only on the field, but off as well. Have you seen enough out of Dirk Cutter to think that he might be able to do something with Aaron Rodgers uh, in a head coaching capacity? 
I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen enough just because I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen anything because I don't really pay attention to the Buccaneers all that much. Um, from what you're just saying, though, I, I mean, there seems to be some issues with with Winston, who's kind of a hothead in his own right. Um, but I mean, is it fair to say Rodgers can get that way at times too? I don't. Oh, sure. I don't know. I mean, I don't. If I'm just looking from a casual perspective of someone who doesn't really know much about the situation, I'm not putting anybody who's had any history and troubles with quarterbacks. Um, and he is an offensive mind, like you mentioned, but um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I didn't hear your opinion. Do you think he's even worth a look? I think he's worth a look. I think he's worth an interview. I would like to see, uh, I'd like to hear from his end, you know, what did and didn't work with Jameis. You know, I think like when you're the head coach, like you're running the whole team. Like you can't be in a quarterback room uh, giving Jameis the day-to-day. And, and, yeah. Dirk, and Dirk got the job uh, when basically they realized he was going to jump ship. And I don't know if that was a good decision or not. I still think – I think the world will love Smith, and I think he got jobbed uh, not only going out of Chicago but also with Tampa Bay. I uh, yeah, can say the same thing about Jim Caldwell too. These are guys with winning records yeah. that basically – well, not uh, in Tampa Bay, but in Chicago. You know, he got, he got fired after a 10-win season. Caldwell got fired after going uh, 9-7, and 9-7, missed the playoffs, but – you know, I think they'd rather be nine and seven uh, than what they did this year. So, I, for Dirk to bring it back to Dirk, I think that he has the pedigree, and I think he has the body of work as a coordinator. And I would want to get his take on things as a coordinator. I mm-hmm. don't. I think the head coaching thing is a, is just probably a little bit too much uh, on his plate at this point. Here, here's where my head is too with him is. I mean, I'm guilty of this when we're thinking when we talk about who can be the next Green Bay Packers coach. We I've done it probably three or four times this show already is we think who can pair well with Rodgers, who can do this, who can do the best for him next season yeah. right now. We also got to think down the road when Rodgers is gone, we, we want whoever comes in to be the head coach, hopefully there a long time. We're going to have to, you know, have a new quarterback at some point. And if, he, if he's having troubles with who Winston, who the Buccaneers have invested a lot of time and effort into sure. um, and just not getting along. I, do you trust someone who's had problems like that to, you know, take over a, a rebuild, I guess. I don't want to say that, but someone who's going to yeah. be taking Rodgers' place. And who knows who that'll be, but... Well, I don't think rebuild is unfair. I mean, you look at the secondary, you look mm-hmm. at the receiving core, you look at the offensive line. I mean, there's got to be some some rebuilding done there. I think other than Bakhtiari, I don't know if there's a guy on there that you absolutely are dead set on keeping. So I think rebuilding is fair. And with Dirk, I go back to the body work. I go with what he did with Matt Ryan. Uh, I go with some of his other stops before that. He's a guy that you know didn't just get off the turnip truck. You know he's got some experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that you know in terms of uh, coaching the team, he, I think there's a little more splash factor uh, with him than maybe uh, Adam Gase or some of these other guys. Uh, Matt Campbell, we were talking about at Iowa State, you know, who didn't want to interview with the Jets. Uh, I don't know if you want to go splashy. I personally would like to see him. Uh, find somebody with some experience. Uh, that, to me, makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, even if that relationship with Aaron Rodgers uh, isn't, uh, you know, tailored toward that. This might be a stretch, but are we getting to the point where college coaches aren't even considering the NFL as much anymore? I, when I growing up, I would always hear, it's the dream to coach in the NFL. People are going to go through college to one day, one day get that call to interview for an NFL hug coaching job. Yeah. You got Fat, Fitzgerald, you got Lincoln Riley, you got Campbell who are just basically laughing when people say you know are you considering moving up no yep. they like where they're at 
I mean, is it is it harder these days to get people from co- or coaches from college? Would I, you say? I think it's easier. And this is my opinion. I don't follow college uh, well enough to say that I have a qualified opinion on this. But I think mm-hmm. in college it's easier to carve out a little fiefdom, uh, you know, to bring your ego about a little bit. And I think That's you fair. know, look at Saban. Uh, you know, he went to the NFL uh, and struggled because he has to have relationships with his players. And then they went to Tuscaloosa, and he is lord of all that is holy and crimson and white, and it basically is just running over everybody. You could do, mm-hmm. I think, more of what you want to do, and you don't have to balance uh, the economics. Uh, the economics are different. It's like you're, you're paying – you're using resources one way or another. You're not spending money on players to give to them, but you're spending – resources on recruiting uh all these other you kind of have more of a else. say too of who your roster is made up of oh yeah well especially I mean, when you're, you're get... yeah we've won like five national championships in six years would you like to put play for us yes okay yes then. please yeah. yeah so you're not you're not doing as much work uh on that but if you're like more of a pure football guy if you just want to draw on the grease board for 12 hours a day uh and then instill it into capable hands yeah the nfl is probably more for you but, uh, you know, I think to each, to each his own uh, at this point. And I, I don't know if one is necessarily better than the other. And you look at Sean McVay uh, in L.A., and I think he's part of what's been driving this. And, like, you knew, mm-hmm. you knew right away Sean McVay was a great head coach. You knew yeah. right away uh, that he was going to get something done with that team. Basically took Jeff Fisher's sloppy seconds and got him into the playoffs in back-to-back years. So – you know, you know right away. And like, you're not going to fire Vance Joseph after one year, but like, you know, after the first year, he's not getting you to the Super Bowl. You know the same thing about Steve Wilkes. And and if you feel like the window's open, then you do that. And I think the reason to answer your question on Marvin Lewis, I think he, they realize the window's closed. Andy Dalton's going to get pricey. Uh, Perfect has uh, uh, some health issues. The team is in a pretty stable place. I think if you're just going to add a few parts, but. Uh, you're not thinking playoffs anymore. You're not thinking Super Bowl anymore. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, I think the leash is becoming shorter and shorter every year for these head coaches, and yeah. it doesn't bother teams or franchise anymore to, you know, cut ties after one season. Um, I saw this is the tenth coach since 2000. Wilkes is the tenth coach since 2000 to be fired after his first season, but it's the third coach in the last four years to do it. So we're seeing it more and more. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean these, like these you are... said, people are trying to get that home run right away. It's a scratch-off ticket, you know? Yep. You get him in, and then you, you rub a nickel on him for 15 minutes. You're like, oh, <laughs> he's not our guy. Throw him out, get a new one, rub the nickel over his uh-huh. face, and uh, uh-huh. that's where we are right now, I guess. Yeah. Well, Trev, I hope you have a, a happy New Year so far. We will do this again in two weeks, and maybe we'll have Steve with us. I hope we have Steve with us. I do, too. We Steve, will. if you're listening, get well. And uh, for everyone else, we will have a new show for you in two weeks. We'll have a new Pack-A-Day podcast for you tomorrow. We hope you listen for it then. For Trevor and, of course, for Steve Perhatch, I'm Josh Circle. We'll see you on the internet. Until next time, go Pack Go. Nice. All right. right. That's probably about 15, 25 minutes. 15, 25. Well, I started – I start recording – yeah. As soon as like you chime in, and then we can kind yeah. of gab for six minutes, and now we're gotcha. thirty three minutes. So that's not okay. quite twenty. It's more like twenty two. It's between fifteen bad. and twenty. Not bad for two people. I thought it was great. <laughs>